This is episode 69 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. We're always looking for great new members, so if you're a book lover who may be interested in joining an online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com to learn more about the group. For August 2016, we're discussing What She Knew by Jilly McMillan. So hi, I'm Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in Georgia. And Roberta and I are two members of the Reading Cove Book Club, here today to chat about What She Knew by Jilly McMillan, our book club's 189th pick, and it was chosen by Cove member Nicole over in Texas. So what did we think of What She Knew? We've already started our discussion with the rest of the group, and so far it's starting off pretty interesting. This is another missing child story, which seems to be a trend in commercial fiction these days. Well, I liked it. You know, um, it was different. As you said, there's a lot of things about missing children, because I think that's a lot of people's great fear with all this instantaneous news and, and things these days. Fortunately or unfortunately, you hear a lot more about it than maybe you did in the past. Mm-hmm. And as they showed in the, this um book that social media now is a big part of things for good or for bad right so before it might have been the police and the family and close friends and, and they kind of kept the uh, details out of the paper and the other things but now that even if they try to uh, keep things under wraps there there's always these people that get hold of it and there's all these innuendos and rumors and i could kind of relate to this because people can take something that should be sad and attractive tragedy and then turn it around and make uh, victims out of those who are, are the most vulnerable. Absolutely. I just think that I don't feel like I've read what this woman Rachel does it it just feels very romanticized to me not practical in any way and what I'm noticing with these commercial (laughs) stories that like the good girl that we read and we had one cove pick before I think was my pick the weight of silence where her her little girl went missing little black lies that we read the other day kids are missing and it's just so romanticized. If the if she's not falling in love with the detective or reminiscing about her past romances, then in this one, she's just going home and having everybody treat her like an eggshell. That's just not practical. You look at when Natalie Holloway's daughter went missing in Aruba. Uh-huh. Okay, she practically moved to Aruba and became more ver- well-versed in Arubian law <laughs> than anybody. Okay, there was That's nobody true. looking harder for her child. And this was a, a teenager, you know, at a, she just graduated from high school. Much less your eight-year-old son is snatched from you in the park or in the woods. What mother would leave those woods? What mother is going to leave that area without talking to everybody? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. She's go- but- she goes home and she sits there no way and then Nicole made a point in the group about no vigils you know like in real life you see vigils and stuff on TV when it happens and everything, yeah, yeah and, and st- things like that a lot more going on and granted the husband I think his name was John right. um, a couple times Rachel spoke to his wife or his girlfriend and she said he's out looking and right. I thought okay good but why isn't Rachel out looking? Why? I mean, I, I understand that the press was hounding her. Right. But does that matter when your kid's missing? I well, would want every camera in my face because every opportunity, I'm holding up my child's face. Right. But I don't I, care what people are saying. I need to find my son. Yeah. And I said, well, and I see your point, but I'm saying that she got so hysterical that I think the 
the uh, police sort of put a muzzle on her saying, this isn't helping you and this is, you know, uh, making people think, you know, worse of you and also. That and was at I, the press conference, though. Well, yes, yes, but I'm still saying she kind of she kind of lost it there too. So, and I mean, she of course she felt guilty from the get go, thinking I shouldn't have let him run ahead, I shouldn't let her run ahead. But you know, it's a shame. You know, a child should be able to feel free to you know walk around, and, and sure, you got to keep your your eyes on them. But it is in these this day and age, you really have to be sort of what they call a helicopter parent because you don't know. You know, you could look away one second, poof. You know, the, the child is, is gone. So, yeah, yeah, I think I would have been out there more. But I'm just saying I can see the other part that that she just kind of totally broke down and it was in this guilt thing. And then, you know, just felt like the, the police were, were giving her the cold shoulder and everything. They And they got upset with her being after them so much. But, yeah, I mean, I would be after them every hour on the hour myself. I would be out on the street handing out the flyers. I would have a website set up. Her sister mentioned something about setting up a website, but it was like in passing. They never did. But if I need people to be able to reach me. If somebody right. sees something, and that's why I would comb the area where we were talking to everybody, business owners, right. you name it, because whoever took him had to leave some way, somehow, and somebody right. might have seen something. I mean, that would be my thinking if I'm looking for my eight-year-old kid who's right. disappeared. So this, I guess the bottom line for me is, I just can't. I'm sorry. These women are writing these books and they have no idea what it's like to have your child go missing. So it comes across completely romanticized and ridiculous. So I'm reading it. And the best thing I liked about this book on the positive side is the investigation piece. Right. Because I felt like that felt realistic as to how the police would be handling it. And it was interesting to me to see how they took each step, each step, each step and how they could believe it was the sister and be pursuing that you know and not in any way ever suspect the teacher even though um he interviewed her right yeah well see and that that was the thing too that um you figured all along because when they started having the thing with the uh detective talking to the psychologist at first i was thinking oh no you know the the little boy was killed because otherwise you know why is he going to the psychologist because mm-hmm. you could see if a child was killed or badly injured like you'd pretty well be you know messed up for life not just as the parent but as the people involved in it because a lot of these uh, police they end up having just in real life having terrible problems and sinking to all kinds of issues because of you know some case that went really really bad so at first I thought that was the case but then once you find out at the end you think well he's still like in this big guilt trip and still keeps kicking and blaming himself because he thinks I should have seen it when I interviewed this woman, you know, I should have been there when he was found. So he just was like blaming himself for everything. But this teacher had to be a master manipulator. You could see how she could, you know, lie with a straight face and, you know, be charming to the um, the detectives because she had put on this uh, mask and this this. Uh, happy face yep. this big act for a long time with the school 
And, and then you find out really she's like a, a sociopath yep. because her parents say, oh, well, we always knew something was wrong with her. So you think, well, <laughs> you know, why didn't you kind of step in to keep her from being a teacher or something? Because how, you know, horrible <laughs> is that? But, you know, once somebody's grown up, there's not a whole lot you can do. You know, if you were to go to the school, the other things and say, oh, don't hire her, my daughter because, you know, she's a she's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. They just kind of looked at you like, oh, well, these are some of these other parents that have issues. It, it was sad. But unfortunately, in real life, people that don't belong in certain professions get there anyway and cause untold damage. Right. You know, whether it's something like this or some other bad stuff. Yeah, it was realistic. When we find out who took him, I right. found it very realistic and yeah. believable. And even that her parents would have known that she was a very disturbed person, right. but kept quiet because that happens all the time. Right. Other parts I can agree with you, but this part, I, it really kind of, you know, resonated with me. And then also with the detective, you know, kicking himself that I could see how he would feel that way. And then the other part that was kind of, you know, was really twisty and funny is how all of a sudden, you know, the sister comes up and drops here <laughs> poor mom Rachel is already devastated and freaking yeah. out and then the sister drops this big bombshell like well we're really not who you think we are and this didn't really happen and this is what really happened and you think <laughs> I wonder oh. though if if the cops really would have had her would have confronted her like that with Rachel yeah. there I thought maybe they would have brought her in you know yeah. and confronted her with say hey, hey we've discovered this about your family why yeah. doesn't your sister know and then have her tell her sister right. or something but the way they did it was I guess you know for effect of the right. novel but it was just like kind of strange like really you don't know what they would have done yeah. no what would have happened there yeah that you know that I don't know that Rachel's ever going to get over that too. I know <laughs> to think, you know, I, well, and she was too young to know what was going on. She was just a baby, yep. you know, that between having to deal with a son that he may, may never be, he won't, he won't ever be a hundred percent again, but he'll be able to live and cope with things better as time goes on. He'll have to have more counseling and stuff too. And, and you can see how the um, police thought that it could have been the sister because they, they start digging into stuff and see that she did have this brother that died and then this little boy looks just like him mm -hmm. and she's had like more children than she might have normally tried to have a little boy. So she had this thing and then how she'd even Left moved her family. out of the yeah. And she didn't even tell her sister she'd done that until it, you know, came to light. So you could see how she seemed a little bit unhinged. So you could see how the the police, and then that's what they say a lot of times. It's not some strange person or something else. A lot of times it's, you know, somebody you know and the child knows. And as it was, that's what happened. The little boy completely trusted the teacher. So, of course, he'd go with her. Whereas if some stranger had snatched him, you'd think, you know, he would have been, he would have screamed or done something unless they put chloroform on his face right away. But there would have been some kind of noise. But right. granted, this, you know, was not without flaws. And this, like I said, these books are appealing to an audience that wants to be entertained with little shocks and twists. But I did think that they got a lot of, the author got a lot of these things right by uh, bringing to light these different situations with uh, dysfunction and family situations and then the 
how the police. Oh, and then the other thing I hate to yap on here. The other thing was that the detective's, uh, you know, girlfriend that. Oh, yeah. Emma. Emma that, you know, that she betrayed him, I think. <laughs> See, besides his bad case and everything else, just to fit that had to feel like you'd been sucker punched to find out like, whoa, why did you do this? You know, well, she was clearly disturbed. And yeah. I liked that side story and I liked yeah. um, him going to his therapy sessions and everything. But I did feel like it went a little overlong in some of the descriptions with him and mm-hmm. her and Emma and even his boss that he was reporting to. We got her backstory. It was like, okay, we didn't even need that. We didn't need to know anything about her. But I did like that piece of it and and his relationship with Emma and how they were compromised because he recommends her. The boss knew they were having an affair. Right. And then she ends up being the lazy donkey, which, by the way, I thought whoever was doing the lazy donkey was the person who had kidnapped Ben. That was my initial thought. Yeah, yeah, that that could make sense because you think, well, they would try to – hide in plain sight or whatever and put the put the blame off on the mother you know cast the right. suspicion on her which is what right. that blog was doing oh yeah and oh, then yeah. to find out that emma was behind it because she has this you know past stuff and then um what's the detective's name i forget his name but <laughs> <laughs> but he had some we went back into his past too the situation with his i don't remember what was going on but it turns out it had nothing to do with anything right it had nothing to do with why he was bothered by the ben finch yeah. case and they made it seem like it was going to have like he had something similar happen in his past or he had a previous right. case that he hadn't solved and so when this missing boy comes up it triggers something for him yeah, and it turns out no so well, i i, <laughs> I felt I felt let down by the title and I felt let down by that because it it just felt kind of anticlimactic when we find out that, oh, the detective's problem was simply that he was going barking up the wrong tree with the sister and he didn't solve the case. He wasn't there. Right. But but and that might have been sort of like her way of doing a red herring. But I I don't know. I don't know if that's what she had in mind or maybe she just likes to flesh out these um, people more because a lot of times with these mysteries and thrillers, it's pretty much action driven as opposed to character driven. So yeah, but you got to be careful with red herrings because of course, if you course. if you make the red herring possibility turn out to be far more interesting than what actually ends up happening, <laughs> then, then, then that kind of can backfire. Yes. Yeah. So Absolutely. I felt that way about this. I wanted to know what was in his past that triggered yeah, this. <laughs> that triggered this. Yeah. Yeah. So that but, would have been a nice surprise to find out that it was something interesting, you know, right. like a past case that kind of echoed this case or something. Right. I don't know. But yeah, I was looking for more. That's all. Well, yeah. Yeah. I said, but you know, you think for like a debut thing, you sometimes, like I've said before, you can have your great masterpiece and then other times, you you can start with something and then later you can you can build on that. I agree. I think I do think it was good for a debut. I must say right. I did like like I said the investigation. Overall I liked the writing style. A little right. bit little bit long-winded sometimes, but overall right. I did like this better than I liked that other one we read. This one flowed a little bit smoother, you know, 
with the different things and then but then it had the different parts with the interviews with the psychologist right. and the social media which brings it up today and also it had a, a little bit of this or that Rachel who he thought had gotten like way past hysterical even for the situation she was the one that actually solved the case exactly so you know that's going to make you feel even worse thinking well not only did I you know miss things but here this you know woman that granted she's got to be devastated but still she's just totally lost it but she's the one that's you know saves the day and but that was by chance because right. it just was by chance that they happened to be in the guy's car together it, right. I mean, if she hadn't picked that time to go to the police station with uh, whatever information she was trying to bring them or whatever right. it wouldn't have happened so it wasn't like oh she was on the case detective no. cap on you know <laughs> so but he i don't of- think he could really feel too badly about the no. fact that she broke no, the case but, yeah but yeah but i'm saying but she was so uh you know like the the dog after the bone that she would take any opportunity but it was just yes it was a coincidence but you could see how that could really happen because a lot of times cases are solved just by weird little things that you don't even expect not you know big things that pop up but like weird little things that that come along yeah that's why he can't really blame himself too much no but i'm still saying he he shouldn't but i think he does I he think did. he did. Obviously he did because he was like having panic attacks and right. yeah, not sleeping. Not sleeping. Well, and you know, I could I could see that because it, it was just like this case was all consuming because you have all this, you know, pressure on you from from either end from the people above you, the family, mm-hmm. public. So yeah, it, and you're worried about this little boy. What's happening? Yeah. As I said, this probably wasn't the it wasn't an A read for me, but it was it had its some really good moments. It it um had other little shortcomings, but more book unfortunately more books than do not because you read so many books after a while, you get uh more particular about what you expect. The the one last thing that I didn't like was the end. When Ben comes home, we didn't get any scenes with him. It was just Rachel telling you, you know, that he was having trouble adjusting, readjusting back into his life. But I think he only said one thing to her when he was in the hospital. He said, mommy, that's it. We never heard from Ben. We never, and I wanted to see after slogging with her through this week, I would have liked to see a scene with her and her child, her son, once he comes back. So I was very disappointed with the epilogue. It, it, It was a long epilogue and it was just all tell, tell, tell. There was no show. No, and I was very disappointed, Miss McMillan. Yeah, well, and and maybe that she, instead of having more interaction, it was just since the title was what she knew that that's what she went with. But I'm not saying that's right, but I'm just saying she went from telling what Rachel knew as opposed to any other interaction. Just like you're not really sure about what's going on with her, her ex-husband because it sounds like he's going to have a, a hard you know, time. Yeah, that was terrible time. what happened to him. Oh, yeah, a long road to recovery, and he he may never be the same again either. Yeah, so. but all of that was shown. That's right, what exactly. I mean. I, I know, and I, I'm, I know what you mean because I'm more about the balance of uh, description and dialogue to have more about showing than telling myself. Yeah, I just would have liked at least one nice scene with her and Ben. Yes. At the end. Even- even if nothing else, sitting there having a snack and say, and, and him saying something to her to show right. that, yeah, he was he was home, but 
there was still it's going to be a while before he before deal with things right in, in a more normal way. But like I say he's never going to be normal. If, if anybody had gone through something that traumatic, it's going to be with you for life. But you'll just be able to cope with things better once you get settled into a, uh, a routine again. And, and I, feel, he needs feel therapy. And need right. Therapy. Well, yeah, he's going to probably need therapy for years. So anyway, but I said, but like as you said, this is getting to be sort of a trend. But people, I think it appeals to people on an emotional level because there is are so many different things in, in the world today's bad things and so people can sort of have a way of, of uh, looking at it from from a distance or whatever exactly from a distance because it's all romanticized and right. I would love for these authors to stop playing house with these very serious <laughs> situations because no seriously a woman who's gone through this reading this I feel like it would be kind of insulting yeah but they probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't read it because exactly <laughs> They would probably rather wait, read something that's more like, you know, we say a sap, you know. Right, something right. Sap. I know, I know. But I'm just saying, it's it's but just yeah, not it, very it, practical. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, if they had even looked at it, they'd go, you know. <laughs> You don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> it's for, if it's diff, for a different type of, of audience. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least in this one, like I said in the group, Rachel wasn't falling in love with the detectives yeah. or, or preoccupied with her love life in some way, like in no. most well, of I, the other ones we've read. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I mean, because I think she was, the, the breakup with her husband was still, you know, I think that was well handled because it, it seemed yeah. realistic. She never once tried to use this to get her husband back. And yeah. I was just waiting for that to happen. And I, so I gave it a plus. I gave it a C plus because yeah. it didn't. <laughs> I was I was pleasantly surprised that that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because she it was in a way like that. Yeah, he got involved. But at the same time, she didn't try to interfere, uh, interfere with him or, you know, his, his new wife or anything, but, you know, she was still kind of raw from the divorce and the um, ending of the marriage. But so I don't think she expected to win him back. And I don't know that she want him back because she was too hurt and too uh, upset from the whole situation sort of caught her by surprise. But and, anyway, and the fact that the teacher was helping out. I know. That's what made it even, you know, more horrible is <laughs> here this person you think, oh, they're such a good person and they really yeah. my son cope with this thing. And then you find out this woman basically a monster, you know, oh a crazy God. monster. They you know, they don't say, they didn't say anything about the school, but you know they have to be kind of freaking out too. Right. <laughs> you know, probably after that they're probably gonna screen and double screen and get all extra references for anybody in the uh, the past so in the future after this past thing happened all righty so that is our discussion of what she knew by jilly mcmillan want to thank our listeners as always for tuning in and leave us your comments below let us know if you agree or disagree or what you think about what she knew and stay tuned for our next episode we'll be discussing the liar by nora roberts see you next time bye bye